Hello, this is Todd Adams. Welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. This is Kathy Adams. And uh, today we are going to be talking about how to slow time down. Is that possible? It is possible, but only if you listen to the next 29 minutes of our podcast. <laughs> the only way you'll figure it out. Um, we are brought to you by Avid and Poofin, and we'll be talking about them later on in the show. But um, for the sake of the women's uh, discussion group that you had last week, uh-huh. I'm saying this is show number 40. Number 40. Yeah, they told me, they gave me a hard time because they said, stop telling Todd to not say what number show it is because they want to know. So... It is number 40. The big 4-0. And the, those girls, they know what they're talking about. Well, not only that, do you want to know what else they told me? Tell me. A few of them told me that they have a crush on you. Yeah, well, it's natural. <laughs> I mean, can you blame them for goodness sakes? <laughs> well, it was just really funny because I sat there for a moment. I thought, you know, I mean, of course, I get that because I have a crush on you. Oh, I have a crush on you too. Thank you. But I also was like, yeah, of course that would happen. Well, you know? um, little news alert. Yeah. Um, I've been finding a lot of random hairs on my pillow. So Uh-oh. what I, does that mean? I am slowly going bald, and I want to talk to Todd Mansfield from Parenting Unplugged. Because he's pretty bald. He's a cue ball up top, <laughs> and I need to ask him if I'm going to be bald in a year or 10 years and how quickly. And I'm going to have to apologize because I make fun of all my friends who are bald. And here it comes. And here it comes. Your hair looks, still looks beautiful today. I know, but uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go. And then I'm going to go with the crew cut instead of the comb over, I think. Well, let's make time slow down and enjoy your hair. That's what we're talking about. Let today. us do that. So, um, here's my thing about this subject. Okay. Um, I I talk to a lot of people that are maybe ten or fifteen years older than me because what I do for a living is I sell stuff, and these people are you know you sell stuff in their fifties. Uh huh. And they always say, enjoy this time in your life because it's the best time in the world. Yeah. When your kids are young, and it goes by so quickly. So whenever I talk to other parents a little bit older than me, I say, okay, this is the advice I get. How do I slow things down? Mm -hmm. And nobody ever has any answers for me. I have some answers. And you have some answers. Well, but before I go into some answers Mm -hmm. um, or some ideas, I don't know if they're the answers for everybody, but I have some ideas, is that don't you feel like we've heard that our whole life? When you're a kid, enjoy being a kid. When you're in your 20s, enjoy your 20s because, you know, when your kids are little, enjoy that. When they're at home, you know, and the reason I say that, not to take away from what you said, because it's true. Mm -hmm. We should enjoy every minute of our children's childhood. Um, but don't we, regardless of age, want to enjoy the moments? That's exactly right. And I, I, I can make an argument of why when you're in your 60s, that's the best time in the Absolutely. world. Well, don't we hear that yeah. from like my parents they're, and our parents? They're retired. They get yeah. to enjoy their grandchildren. I mean, you can make an argument for any phase of anybody's life that that should be the best time in the world. And so isn't it interesting that we're rushing through every day trying to get somewhere? Where are we going? Well, uh, who knows? <laughs> and I think it's interesting that people are like advising me to enjoy this time now. Right. Um, because that time in their lives is gone when they really shouldn't even be advising me. They should instead be focusing on how to enjoy this present moment. Because what they'll do five years from now, ten years from now, is they'll look back on this time in their life and say, why didn't I enjoy that? This is this vicious cycle that we all go through, and we talk about it, but we don't really take action on it. And even that word doesn't feel right because there's not a lot of action. It's just a lot of being. Allowing. Like the the difference between doing and allowing. And so it's one of those things that we have to be aware of and allow and not do so much. Well, and I will be honest. I have expended a lot of energy um, as a parent because my 20s were a wonderful time. I've always said that to you. There's really no responsibility. All you do is work and have fun with your friends. Right. Or at least that was my experience. Right. I mean, a lot of people have different experiences. And I, I, um, what's the word you always uh, use when I reflect back on a time fondly? 
Um, on nostalgia? Yeah. I think you nostal- it, you're nostalgic. Right. And you're like, well, just be nostalgic, but don't wish that you were back there. Right. And there's been times when I'm like holding my, my daughter, who's like six months old, thinking back about how fun I had with my friends drinking at a bar <laughs> right. in my 20s. And it, and you said, well, don't don't wish that time, but think about it fondly. Appreciate it. Appreciate you had it. it. It was real. Right. And now it's gone. And then I would catch myself like, oh, my God, I am an insane person. Because here I am holding a six-month-old little beautiful person in my lap. Thinking about getting drunk. I'm thinking about getting drunk with my friends. Right. It's such a disservice to the present moment. Well, and that can bring guilt. So we have to be cautious because it is a disservice. Like, I completely agree with you. But then we start to feel guilty and then we get into another vicious cycle. I think something that we don't realize we do is we romanticize times. Mm -hmm. That if you were to really... I talk about this with my girlfriends. If I was to really go back in college right now... Mm Was I really as happy as I think I was? I think romanticizing is a good term because I remember not being excited in college when it was Sunday night and I had all the studying to do and I was hungover. Sunday blues. The Sunday blues. I mean, there's so... And, you know, you're not grounded. You don't have... um, you know, you're kind of out on your own, so you don't have like you have your no family. You don't have any money, so you're right. You do kind of romanticize that. What we retain, because this is the most normal thing for our brain to retain, are the awesome memories, the fun times, and we view them through the lens of our age now. Mm-hmm. So we say, "Oh my gosh, there was no responsibility. It was great." That's not always a comfortable feeling. Right. Like it's it's difficult to be that age too, and it's not about then looking at our lives that it was all hard, but it's about realizing. That even though we can reflect on that, like you said, own it, it was yours. Mm-hmm. You know, you had it. Um, but not thinking it would be better if right. I was in that time period. Because right. that's not true. Right. Because if you were really in it, you would be feeling the exact same life things. You know, what we say all the time to each other is wherever you go, there you there are. There you are. Yeah. So, which is not our quote. That is, that's, is that Ram Dass? Uh, Who is I, that? I want to say John, John Kabat-Zinn, maybe. Maybe it's I think else. you're right. It's John Kabat-Zinn. Wherever you go, there you are, which means you can move to a different state, but it's still going to be you there. You can, we can't time travel, but if we went back to college, mm-hmm. that would still be us. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff we carry mm-hmm. is still part of us. So you can't run away from who you are. Right. People exactly. think they can. Exactly. So... Um, you are a blogger and a writer for Chicago Parents. Yes. And the subject of what we're talking about today lends itself very directly to the article that you just re- uh, wrote in Chicago Parent Magazine. Yes. So in the October issue, which is everywhere now at all the toy stores and YMCA's and all the other places that you can pick up Chicago Parent, it's a free publication. Mm-hmm. Um, it there, I have an article in the magazine um, about mindful parenting. And I think it's the, um, the other title is How to Enjoy the Little Moments. And it focuses on... Um, you know, Todd said how to make time stop. It's not literally making time stop, but about being mm-hmm. in the moment and really absorbing what's happening right now. And I really, you know, this is a really grand um, topic. Like, how many books do we have about mindfulness around this house? Quite a few. Quite a few. All different authors. All people have different perspective on it. Um, I'm actually reading a fantastic book your mom recommended to me um, by Goldie Hawn um, called 10 Mindful Minutes, and it's fantastic. So this is a very common um, uh, discussion, but I had to narrow it down for this article. Okay. So the way I narrowed it down is three ways to get started with mindfulness. Three and, ways to get, and mindfulness is just uh, the attention to the present yeah, moment? Yeah, let's just say being present, because being, I don't want people to get too caught up in the language. And, you know, maybe my language would be, don't be, th- mindfulness for me is not thinking about what happened yesterday or 10 years ago, or what's going to happen tomorrow or 10 years from now. It's what's going on right now. The people who are listening to this right now are either sitting in their kitchen getting 
getting dinner ready or they're in their car driving to work. Just be here. Right. Be right here. Like if you're enjoying the show, mm -hmm. then life's good right now. That's right. You don't have to say, but what about this? And what about this? And what about my worries? Life, if you are enjoying us, and I hope you are, then right if, now. If they, if they weren't enjoying it, they probably would have turned it off a long time ago. Do you think? Like Travis. Who's, oh, Travis you, is that guy. You, you have an issue with He's Travis. He's the guy who gave us the one bad review on iTunes. I know. Out I, of like 42 yeah. reviews, we got I one still love you, Travis. Yeah, let's send him love. I'm going to send you love right now. Okay. There you go. Um, okay, so anyway, going back to in this moment, you know what I've been saying to myself lately is I have these really big gusts of happiness every once in a while. It's a wave. A wave. And I say, is it really this good? Mm -hmm. And I have this inner voice that says, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Not because everything's perfect, not because I have everything planned out, and not because you know everything's in place or organized. It's because in that moment, yes, it is that good. That happiness that you feel is real. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what someone else said. It right. doesn't matter what you were like 10 years ago. It doesn't matter where you're going tomorrow. In this moment, it's good. And if we can embrace that, then it gets better and better and better. So in your article, you come up oh, with three, three things. topics. Okay, number one. Breathe. Breathe. I'm okay. breathing regardless of whether or not I focus on breath, so I don't understand why you tell me to breathe. Well, your body is going to breathe with mm -hmm. or without you, just like your heart is going to beat with or without you, and, and your brain is going to think with or without you. And your kidneys continue to do whatever Everything. kidneys do, and your lungs, and blah, blah, blah. We physically, our bodies are so intelligent and so beautiful that they will work on their own without us making it happen. Mm -hmm. It just does it. But if we participate in that breath, mm -hmm. we make this really huge connection, and this is my language, mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. um, we make this connection between slowing down mm -hmm. our minds, connecting to a deeper part of ourselves mm -hmm. and participating in a body function, mind, okay. body, spirit. Right. So some people, we've been using this for a long time. When I was at uh, Children's Memorial, this is a tool that we used to give to the kids who were having issues with their own emotional um, instability or behavior issues. We would give them the tool of, of, of breathing. Mm -hmm. And honestly, at the time, I was like 27 at the time, and I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Well, I was watching the children use it, and it really, really helped. So I started using it, mm -hmm. and we, you and I both use it at home, and we've taught our girls to use it. And it's as simple as it sounds, you guys. It's deep breathing, and I'm also a yoga teacher, so it, this whole concept of uh, breathing has become pretty integrated into my system. Mm -hmm. The whole concept of deep breathing is you take a deep breath through your nose, you want to do it for them, and you pull not just from the chest, but you pull from way deep down in the abdomen. Like you pull it all the way through so the breath goes over your heart. It sounds like I'm teaching a class. Over your heart, all the way up. And so you get this full deep breath. And your belly is supposed to go out. Yes. And that's the weird thing is a lot of people breathe, I'm going to do quote unquote wrong, where their belly actually goes in. They right. suck in. But really when you breathe, your diaphragm goes down. And so mm. it should put, it's like pushes inhale. Pushes your belly out. And then exhale, your diaphragm goes in. So it pushes it back in. Well, and what I, or it when, goes when I started working on this breath work, I would be in a rush after my inhale to hurry up and start my exhale. Oh, isn't that interesting? And... If I pause for like a millisecond between inhale and exhale, that is when I feel the most calm. Mm, so, um, yeah, if you happen to be trying this at home or whatever, don't rush to start your next exhale or inhale. Just just pause. And, you know, that's so beautiful that you said that because that is so metaphorical. Mm -hmm. Like if we can pause between mm -hmm. whatever the between is, mm -hmm. between the moments, mm -hmm. between the days, mm -hmm. and stay there, then that's when we feel most calm. Right. You were so used to going from one thing to the next to the next that you were having a difficult time taking time between 
Inhale right. and exhale. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that That's is a, a metaphor for everything else that was going on in my life yeah. is, is just to pause, just take a pause. breath. Now, you do kind of something, I think, more extreme than most people. You go in the basement every morning for 20 minutes with a candle and you do formal meditation. Yeah. I don't have the discipline nor the want nor the desire to do that. Okay. So um, I don't know if you want to talk about your experience, but my experience is I will decide one day that every time the phone rings, before I answer it, I will take one mindful breath. Nice. Um, every time I open up a car door, before I do that, I'll take one mindful breath. Beautiful. I don't have the discipline to do that uh, 20 minutes of formal meditation, quite honestly, because my 20 minutes of sleep is more important than your 20 minutes of sleep. Mm -hmm. You value your time more than my time. So do you want to really... I value my time more than well, you. No, that probably came out I, wrong. I value the time in meditation. You value the time in sleep. Sleeping. Mm -hmm. So you don't... It's it's not no a right one size fits right. all. Mm -mm. Do you want to talk at all about... It? Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe. Oh, I can be very simple about it because I can't get into the... It's a very uh, personal meditation and we use the word meditation but we also just mean being in quiet sitting quiet if the word meditation makes you uncomfortable please let go of the word and replace it with something like being quiet or breathing or slowing down mm -hmm. just don't let the word mess you up because mm -hmm. i'm not using anybody's formal meditation i'm using kathy's right. that i've kind of compiled over the years and it's just a, a time i set my alarm on my phone and I sit and it's quiet and I have these things that I do, visualizations, and it's just beautiful time and I love it. I look forward to it. Well, and um, I've read a book called, it's one of John Kabat-Zinn's books, and one of the things that I learned from his book is when you are trying to focus on breath and you're in maybe a formal or an informal meditation, then all of a sudden worry enters your brain. Right, that's then normal. Then you feel like you're doing it wrong. No. And what he said, which I subscribe to, is if fear enters your brain, you say, hello, fear. Or if worry enters your brain while you're trying to make a mindful breath, say, you know, hello, worry. Or even if bliss, if you all of a sudden become really happy, like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to have an absence of thought. Right. That's not what meditation no, is. It's actually quite the opposite. The whole, um, your brain, just like your heart, constantly thinks. Right. Your brain never stops thinking. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, some people call it monkey brain or just, you know, it, it's just, it constantly talks. Mm -hmm. I think of like a hamster running yeah, on, a, constantly, on a wheel. Because it's a machine. Right. I mean, that's, I know some people will be uncomfortable with that word, but that's the way I think about it. The brain is all wired to constantly think. Right. We think that's us, right. but really it's just thinking. And I am so grateful for my brain, obviously. Right. Um, I wouldn't be here without it, but I'm so thankful that it can it can help me through problems and problem solve and help me come up with ideas. But a lot of what I'm trying to get to is more in my heart. Right. And then my brain can help me with my ideas that come through my heart. Gotcha. So the point of meditation to me is to not stop my thoughts, mm -hmm. but to realize that I'm detached from my thoughts. The thoughts are going to come no matter what, mm -hmm. but can I look at them, like you said, you know, that sometimes I just say, um, oh, there's, wor you know, worrying, worrying, ooh, I'm planning, I'm planning, you know, like I kind of make fun of what my brain does, mm -hmm. but I, I do it lightheartedly and with, gr with gratitude, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that, we, we did a show called, you know, the uh, Scarecrow and the Tin Man, right. meaning the heart and the brain have to work together. It's not one better than the other, but right. it's finding the balance. Well, and what I like to say, it is impossible to be focused on your breath and not be in the present moment. It, completely true. So if you can focus on your breath in quiet, you it's impossible to be worried about what's going on yesterday or what's going on tomorrow. And it's also not only impossible, it's a realization that the worry is just a thought process. Mm -hmm. It's not real. Mm -hmm. That's the big piece for me is what the reason I go find quiet, and that's 
we're going to talk about quiet in a second, is because I have to detach from these things that used to, in my lifetime, feel real. Mm -hmm. I used to fear, worry, stress. I used to give them a lot of weight mm -hmm. in my life. Like, ooh, this is important. I should focus on this. And they're not real. Mm -hmm. And I know many people are saying, what do you mean? What are you talking about? It necessitates a longer discussion. But what I have learned is that what's real is what's happening right this second. Right. That's the only thing that's real. The past is gone. Mm -hmm. That's not here anymore. We can enjoy that we had it right. or appreciate the future hasn't occurred, so you can't create the future in your brain. Mm -hmm. That'd just be a mental process. Right. So jumping to number two yeah, let's go to is quiet. being quiet. And so it, it very much connects to this um, because, you know, breath work is what we were discussing. But the second thing to help time slow down and be more mindful with yourself and your children is make quiet a priority. Right. And, you know, it, I'm guilty of this. I'm most of the time have a radio on and you have earphones in the on car or I have my earphones on. And there's times when I'm like, no, I'm going to create some quiet, whether that's when the girls are eating their breakfast, instead of having sports radio blaring, I will either put on light piano music or I'll just have nothing. Right. And there's something magical about, about quiet. And I think when I don't feel like having quiet, I'm like, I feel like I'm afraid to have yeah, the quiet. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that might sound weird to a lot of people out there, but... If I, How if about you're uncomfortable? I'm uncomfortable yeah. with the quiet, and that's crazy. And the one really um, interesting example I have is the same guy, John, John Kabat-Zinn. He said, in, "He's a mindfulness teacher, by the way." Just so you guys know, he's. one of his books is, and I don't know if this is directly about quiet, but we will be so afraid of sitting in quiet by ourselves mm -hmm. that we will choose to read the back of a cereal box. <laughs> Isn't that true? Instead of just so, this is my challenge to myself uh -huh. and to our listeners. Next time you eat a bowl of cereal, don't do anything. Right. Just just sit there and and be, eat it. Eat your cereal and eat mindfully. And, meaning, take a bite and chew and so, taste it. Taste the food. Right. I mean, focus on it. And it's funny how we don't do that. No. Like even you know, Ted, we are trained to do, do, do. Right. If we're not doing something productive, we're wasting time. And the, that the, is not true. And the catch is it that's that's complete untruth. It's complete untruth. It is productive to, to not be. do anything. Exactly. And, you know, the, his other phrase is don't just do something, sit there. Right, which you love that. Which I love. So anyways Um do you know a few minutes ago you said there's something magical. <laughs> that's right, it's magical. <laughs> Sorry, that's just really cute. Oh. That's such a kid thing. There's something magical. <laughs> I'm glad I can be your uh, cuteness. Okay, so and so I'm and I'm the same way with quiet. I love my loud music in my car, and I love you know Oprah radio, and I love all that stuff. But I definitely I I'm probably I I don't ever have anything on in the house. Um, no, and we don't have a TV in our main room. Right. We're not anti TV. We just are very thoughtful about when we use it. And so I'm I I like my quiet. Mm -hmm. I've become very accustomed to it. And um, I think it's got a lot to do with self-love. Okay. Are we willing to hear ourselves think? Exactly. Um, so the first one was breathe. Second one is quiet. What's number three? Smile. 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 And this goes into parenting. Wait, do, do something for me on the radio. Don't smile and say the word smile. Smile. Now smile and say smile. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. So what, what that means is when you're smiling, everything shifts. The energy shifts and you actually talk differently. Like if you are, have to be on the phone with someone and you really don't want to have, have the conversation, just smile and your voice will go up. Right. It really will. Right. And so smile is a really simple thing. You know, again, we're talking about simplicity here to shift the energy. Like I talk about that sometimes when I get really frustrated and angry, which is fine. It's mm -hmm. okay to be angry. But if I want to channel that energy somewhere else, mm -hmm. I smile and start to laugh. Right. 
And I'm not like, ha ha. I mean, you could do that too. Right. Didn't Steve Martin say he does that in the morning? He laughs in the mirror. Yeah, he to laughs in the mirror energy. too. Yeah. So that's not a bad thing, but I do that with you a lot. If I get frustrated about something or you're not helping me carry something in, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say something that makes me laugh instead of Well, two, two nights ago, I was sitting at the kitchen table and you just cooked dinner. You just cleaned up. <laughs> you just put the girls to put bed. The they girls took to a bed. bath. I gave them a bath. Gave them a bath, brush your teeth, and I didn't move a muscle. You were on the computer the whole time. I was on the computer, zoning in. Not doing anything more important than fantasy football, which actually is very important. Uh-huh. And you said something like, don't worry, I got it. No, you know what I said? What did you say? I said, I just did a lot more than you did. Oh, did you? That okay. I came in and looked at you and I said, I just did a lot more than you did. And, we, and you, what you said is so beautiful. You go, I know. I know. That's <laughs> true. Did. There's it's, no argument to be had and I'm not mad at you. Well, and you kind of brought humor I to brought it humor. instead of, right. you know, the one term that I can't, the one thing that you don't do, which is probably why we're married, is you don't nag. Yeah. And a lot of buddies have wives who nag and you know of course I'm the, if I hear nag and I'm going in the basement and I'm turning on the TV and I'm zoning out well it's a totally different energy it doesn't mean that I don't say what I need and it doesn't mean that I don't make fun of you for not helping me but I don't do it with a spirit of I want to hurt you right I don't want to hurt you but I do want to make you aware of what's going on fight fair that's right and I'm not going to go for the Achilles and I'm not going to make you feel because awful. your Achilles we've talked about this in the show is silent treatment right so you could have been passive. your Achilles is my silent Achilles treatment. is silent pre- I can't stand when you're quiet right. and mad at the same right. time if you're mad, I would rather you say something, whether it's in humor or in anger, but you don't bring anger to it, so you bring humor to it, and it dissipates the tension. Well, and that's part of the reason I think we got together in the first place in our lives 20 years ago. Do you know I met you 20 years ago? The big 2-0. The big 2 Is that because of humor? Mm-hmm. Because that is really the way I deal with a lot of things in life, even the most difficult things. Right. Um, I also cry and get angry and such, but humor is the way I get through it, and you are very funny, and mm-hmm. that always really helped me. Right. So that's just, you know, and I think and everyone has humor. It doesn't matter if you're like a natural-born comedian. We can all use it. So smile is a really simple thing and not only smile for yourself and to dissipate whatever you're feeling um, and to release it through mm-hmm. humor, but also smile at your kids. And that is as important as anything. It's huge. Because it's easy for me to be grumpy um, and uh, I and there if, if I'm not conscious, there will be a day that goes by where I don't smile at my kids all I day. And, and I don't think we as parents realize how much they need to see their parents smile. And you know what's so funny? Sometimes your sister is super funny. Yes, she is. And she makes me laugh really hard, yes, like she in does. a really deep way. Like belly and, laughs. Like belly laughs. And when the girls, when Shane is saying something and I'm laughing, the girls will be like, Shane, say it again. <laughs> Do it again. Because they love to see me laugh that hard. Right. They love to watch me laugh. And, and it, so how much does that tell you about what our kids want from well, us? Well, what do you think's going on in their brain to want to see their mom smile? Because it makes them happy. It gives them permission to be happy. It right. gives them permission to laugh. And it gives them, they are so in love with us, right. regardless of what they say to us. Even right. you parents out there are like, my kid says this and that. They are so in love with you. They're just trying to get your attention. Right. And they're so dependent on us right now to see what the world is made of. Mm-hmm. Is the world safe for me? Am I safe in myself? Right. Am I okay who I am? And a lot of that comes from us. Mm-hmm. And simple smiles... Um, and laughter gives them permission to view the world through those rose-colored glasses. Right. Not in a rose-colored, not seeing reality, right. but in life is good. Right. You know, life is good. And if you want to be an extra good parent, you get down to their level when you do it. Like, yeah. I remember Todd and Laura from Parenting Unplugged did some workshop on their own, and the woman who facilitated the workshop had the one of the people be on their knees yeah. and, the, and to have to look up. And is, it's a very... 
icky feeling to think about it as a little three foot two right. little kid to always be looking up, especially at like a scowling parent. Right. Or someone who's pointing their finger at you or right. telling you how bad you are. Or get, whatever. So even if, so get down to their level. I think that's a really important thing. Not that you have to do that all the time, but maybe a few times a day, get down to the level, hug them, kiss them, smile at them. If you're taking a moment for them, get to their level, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever it is, like in the morning, the girls walk out and we get down there and mm-hmm. give them a hug or bend down, whatever right. works. It's not, you know, do whatever you do. And there's time. And I think I've said this, but there's times when I'm in a grumpy mood, but I will even fake a smile, even though they might pick up on my inauthenticity. I think it's more important for them to see me smile than for me to be grumpy. Well, and my question to you would be, when you smile, does something shift in you? Do you uh, th- even if it's know. small. I don't know. Well, I, because that's, that's what I'm saying about smile is part of it is smile at our kids and you know dissipate anger. But also that I believe when we smile, something really changes. I don't mean you become this ultimate happy person, but that you're starting to change. It's like choosing a thought. Right. Am I going to walk around choosing thoughts that are negative or am I going to walk around choosing thoughts that help me? Right. And again, those are di- more difficult, right? right. Am I going to walk around with a scowl? Or am I going to walk around and smile? And then what happens? Someone smiles back at you. And then all of a sudden you shift. It becomes a contagious. Contagious thing. I want to see if you can summarize. You wrote a book called The Self-Aware Parent Part 2 that right. you can get off your website. So there's Self-Aware Parent 1 and Self-Aware Parent Part 2. The reason we're saying this is someone said to me the other day that they listen to the show all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I mentioned my book and they said, you wrote a book? Right. So and we don't like, do oh, a very goodness. good job of promoting your book. Yeah, okay. So there's a, a chapter in there called Calm Creates Calm. Yeah. Can you, in 30 seconds or less, sure. say what happened? The summary of Calm Creates Calm, which is in the second book, is about that basically my children wanted to go outside. I was done being outside. They wanted to me to do this. They wanted me to do that. So I had three little kids basically telling me what they wanted, and I didn't want to do any of it. And so I was frustrated at them. They were frustrated at me, and I realized that what I needed to do was just chill out mm-hmm. and be calm. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I started breathing. And they were kind of still yapping at me and I was not saying anything and I was just kind of being there. I was being present, smiling, using all these tools, being quiet in myself. And all of a sudden, and I don't even know how much time it was, if it was three minutes, five minutes or seven minutes, they all went and did other things on their own. Like I found one of them painting. I found one of them playing with, you know, toys, playing with their little people. And they just, the energy just shifted. And all I did was change my energy. I didn't have to make them change. I didn't have to tell them to be any different. Instead of bringing frustration to their frustration, you bring calm and then they bring calm. And this is from uh, the intro to that chapter. If we can practice bringing something different, something lighter like love or calm, we may discover that we can shift the energy of an entire room. Entire room. And that's what you did. Like Thich Nhat. Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh. He does that when he speaks. So... Let's talk about another thing that can help slow down time. Oh, um, Poofin is our sponsor. Poofin.com. Poofin.com. And um, you're better at explaining what Poofin is. Well, why? I again, we love our sponsor, Poofin. It's this beautiful, um, fuzzy, soft toy. And you put charms inside. It's a pillow. And you put charms inside the pillow, charms that represent who your child is. And your child gets to pick out these charms. It's not something where you go and say, oh, I think this represents you. You let your child pick it. And the thing is, is it really is a snapshot in time. If you're, you know, like right now the girls, they love their poofins and Skylar just got three new charms for her poofin and she got a little crown, 
um, ice cream cone and a little dog that she loves. Mm -hmm. And so a year from now, mm -hmm. when she looks back at those charms, she's going to go, oh my gosh, I loved dressing up as a princess. Right. I love, and she can also, other people can look through it. It's like a little scrapbook. Absolutely. And so it's another way to capture time and, and you keep adding to it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, t hopefully a year from now, there's other charms in there that represent who she is in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it shows growth and it shows who you are and who you were at different stages of your life. And it's just another beautiful way if you're not a scrapbooker, which I am not. Some of you are amazing at it, and I am not. So we, what we do is pictures and poofins. So um, if you want to support our show, do us a favor and order some poofins. If you have some birthdays coming up, they uh, pre-wrap it. It's just hands yeah, off. Yeah, we have a box of poofins downstairs ready for parties. And the coupon code is uh, poofin gift, and that'll I think knock five bucks off, so it's under twenty bucks. So poofin gift is the coupon code. The website is poofin.com. And Avid is our other sponsor, and they do painting, remodeling, um, rehabs all over the Chicagoland area. They do a fantastic job. They do avidco.net. Um, and they are an amazing uh, general contractor company. So yeah. give them a call, 630-956-1800. And then uh, we're going to do our movie line real quick. All right, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Uh, that is one of our favorite of all time uh, movies, but you can't say what it is, sweetie. So. I promise I won't. Um, so we got 22 seconds left. Well, discussion groups? Uh, oh, yes. Um, um, something for you ladies out there and gentlemen, if you have a book club or you have a group of friends or you just have this crew that you get together with that want to go deep, you want to have a deeper discussion than just the surfacey stuff, you want to talk about yourself, you want to talk about parenting, you want to talk about growth, you want to talk about love, whatever – Please invite me over, and we'll have this wonderful discussion where we'll explore all these things. And you know, I, you know, it's just a really great opportunity to maybe take your book club to the next level or your group of friends and have a talk. Um, I've been doing this lately with a bunch of women, and it's been fantastic. So, website kathycassiniadams.com, or you can go to our Facebook page, Them Parenting Radio, and um, let me know that uh, you know you want to invite me. Sounds good. So this is Todd Adams saying goodbye, and this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. Adios.